What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Tuesday, March 27th, 2019. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host of the daily CBS Sports NFL Podcast, the only daily podcast for football of the professional kind in the entire universe, as far as I know, or you know. And if you do know otherwise, don't tell me, because I don't care. Uh, we got Jason Lockenfora live from Phoenix coming up on the show today. Tomorrow, the uh, excited return of one Pete Prisco, who hadn't been on this program in a while. He will also be live from Phoenix at the NFL owners meetings. Um, there's a chance that they wrap up on Tuesday. Sometimes when, when they're on the West Coast, they'll hustle through everything. They've, they've jam-packed all the coaches' breakfast uh, into a single day. It used to be spread out over Monday and Tuesday to get nuggets coming out. Um, now, instead, you know, there's some meetings with uh, GMs and coaches throughout the, the 48 or throughout Monday. And then uh, Tuesday, the coaches do breakfast with the media. They sit down and they talk to everybody. Then they go play golf. Um, competition committee meets. And sometimes the owners pass the rulings by, you know, early on Tuesday. Sometimes it's Wednesday when it happens. Uh, we'll talk to Jason about all of that. Um, of course, the Gronk retirement stuff that is, just, you know, stranglehold in the meetings right now. Let's get to some news before we do that. Uh, and before we do that, by the way, if you like great internet content, go follow Pick Six Pod on Twitter and Instagram. They, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say that I post the stuff because I don't. I'm not that creative. Um, our social media team is dominating right now on the Pick Six Pod feeds. I think they're up to like uh, something like twenty five thousand followers uh, on, on the combined feeds. It might be might be more, might be less. I have no idea really. But I mean, I, I end up liking everything they do because it's hilarious. Uh, credit to them for for crushing it there. Highly recommend you go and follow it. Just search Pick Six Pod on Twitter. Or on um, Instagram. In fact, it's not even like a feed of, hey, here's the podcast. It's it's just funny internet content. So you should definitely check that out. It only gets better in the off season. Um, news. No news for me. Just news from around the NFL. The Packers and Bears will open up the season in Chicago. The NFL announced that will be game one, week one, 2019 season. The Bears. Four-point favorites over Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, according to FanDuel Sportsbook out of New Jersey. They opened up the line shortly after the NFL announced what had been rumored to be the first game of the year. Kind of fascinating that the Bears are four, because you know, they could have easily made it three, right? Just, uh, we don't know. These teams are probably even. Let's make it three. That's home field advantage. And instead, they went with four, which is a little... uh you could tell I got some Packers fans in my mentions. I tweeted that tweeted that out and uh, got some Packers fans get a little hot and bothered about it. Betting against Aaron Rodgers in a Week One game not ideal, but the Bears' defense has been very good the last 365 days, and yeah, we thought they wouldn't take care of Rodgers last year, and they did. As you remember, Sean Wagner McGuff gloating all over the place. Um, sounds like. Replay is not going to change. Jason, JLC's got much more on that uh, after the break. Spoiler, we recorded before. Uh, Sean Payton's not happy about the likely unchange. The unchange? <laughs> He's, Sean Payton's not happy about the likelihood of it not changing and said that uh, on NFL Network that no, not changing, <laughs> unchanging. Uh, not changing the replay means that the NFL is, quote, comfortable with what happened. Ooh, 
at the end of the NFC Championship game, of course, in which the Saints were hosed out of a uh, out of an appearance in the Super Bowl. Here's the full quote. There are a handful of things that we've got to get better at right now, Peyton said. Our best at playing and our best at coaching are spending 20 hours, 18 hours a day. Our best at officiating, it's their second job. That has to change because it's too hard. There's too much at stake for someone who's a teacher at a school, who's a florist, an attorney. That's backward thinking. And really, as we move forward into the next 10 years, for instance, of our game, where do we want officiating? With all the technology we have available to us, our fans are close to the game. Our fans are way more in tuned and educated as to the correct calls in the game. And we just need to be better. End quote. Find the lie. Sean Payton's 100% spot on here. I don't disagree with him at all. Um, it's insane to have florists. I don't, I don't know if there's an actual NFL official who's a florist on the side, but if he is, it's insane that he would do that. Um, you don't need to be doing that. Uh, Mike Tomlin asked about the players who departed the Pittsburgh Steelers, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell, um, you know, reiterated his, uh, his stance on, um, via Mark Cavoli of theathletic.com. I think it has been highly chronicled, and I think it has been too chronicled. He was asked if they're better off without the without Brown and Bell. Some things have been said that may or may not have been true. All I know is neither one of those guys are members of our team anymore. Relationships run their course, and the fact that neither one of them are here speaks to that. Tomlin then echoed his sentiments from earlier in the year. We can't do this with hostages, man. We need volunteers. We need good players, good guys who want to be here, and if guys can't check those boxes, it's probably best for all parties involved to go our separate ways. So, yes, he's basically saying he doesn't care for Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and that he feels like um, those two players may have left the Steelers high and dry with their selfish attitudes. He didn't say that, but, again, you want volunteers, then look, leave it at that. Uh, Jed York revealed <laughs> – this is wild – Jed York, 49ers owner, revealed via Jennifer Lee Chan of the NBC Sports Bay Area that he actually um, punched a wall when Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACL uh, in Kansas City. I'm glad I wasn't on IR, York said Sunday. I was I was close in Kansas City. I thought I broke my wrist in K- Kansas City when I heard he tore his ACL. Um, it was a good punch. Unfortunately, it was a stud. You've got to find the drywall. That's the key. It looks so much better to put a hole through the wall as opposed to finding the stud. Uh, that's a pretty good quote. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. You, again, find the lie. You don't want to punch a wall where there's a stud. It'll break your hand. You want to make sure that you miss the stud. So always check the wall before you punch the wall, even if it's in a situation where uh, your quarterback has uh, has, has potentially – Torn his ACL. And um, Chris Greer, Miami Dolphins GM, has said that there's no tanking. Of course, also from the owners' meetings. We're going to keep building it from day one, Greer said, via, oh, I should probably quote, via Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald. Everyone keeps saying we're tanking and we're going to go and be crap. Dolphins general manager Chris Greer said Monday from Phoenix. Um, when asked specifically, per Beasley, what his reaction would be if the Dolphins win eight games in 2019. It's actually a typo in here, but I'm sure that's not Beasley's fault. So I don't know what will be. If these guys go out and we have some good young players and they play well and we win eight games, we go, all right, we've won eight games. We've got it right now with 11 or 12 picks for next year. The draft's still approaching. Um, 
He described Greer described his roster as a work in progress. <laughs> says Beasley writes. So yeah, they're going to be bad on the tanking thing. We're going to keep building it from day one. We made the change. We talked about building the foundation and building it up the right way. So that's all it is. There's no tanking. You say you want tough, competitive guys who love ball, and you bring them in and say, hey, let's do it, but not this year. Let's just relax and enjoy this year, and we'll come back next year and be tough and competitive. So you draft those types of guys. As Brian Flores has talked about, we're competing, but we're going to build it the right way. We're going to be smart about it, and just acquiring picks is another way to hopefully speed up the process for us. Um, they don't care. If they, they don't care if they end up tanking and end up being terrible. They don't mind at all. Um, but yeah, you, you're not going to say, you know, you're not going to say that you're tanking. My God, what kind of, what kind of reaction? What kind of, you can't do that. You can't, I mean, you can't say it. You can't say we're tanking. I mean, you can say we're, we understand we're not going to be great this year. Um, Larry Fitzgerald asked about the quarterback situation with, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Kime. Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray, all players in this little soap opera. Larry will not be involved. That's above my pay grade, the Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame wide receiver said. But really it's not. I mean, it is because they're going to make the decision based on the long-term viability of the franchise. Um, but, you know, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald's still probably going to have some input on whether Josh Rosen can be a great quarterback, right? Would, wouldn't you go and talk to him? Larry. <laughs> what do you think? Should we go with Josh Rosen? Do you want to, you, uh, you want another, you want another quarterback? Just one more. You get your punch card, buddy. Fill out your punch card. You get a free, uh, one free quarterback. And, uh, I believe that is largely all the news. Um, yeah, that's it. So, uh, let's go talk to Jason Lockenfora, CBS Sports NFL insider, right after this break. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, joining the program live from Phoenix, Arizona, the comfy confines of the Biltmore Estates, or maybe it's just the Biltmore Hotel, CBS Sports NFL insider Jason Lockenfora, live from the owners' meetings. What's up, buddy? What's going on, my friend? Uh, not much. Just um, grinding through this podcast life here in Raleigh. Uh, a little jealous. The Biltmore, it's, it's, I know it's a long ways away especially for us East Coasters, but I do like yeah. being out there. That's a cool, it's a swanky spot. The bar in there is fun. Um, how was the, uh, we were recording this on Monday night. How's, how's the first 24 hours of the owners meetings been? Any, any, any action whatsoever outside of Gronk? <laughs> so, yeah, thank God for Gronk hanging up the sleep. Uh, uh what no, was, were it, you, it's been pretty dull. Were you on the ground? Where were you when you 
And I, I know it's not like a crazy surprise because we, we knew Gronk was no. leaning one, you know, he's going to, he was leaning that way, but where were you when you heard it? Cause I'm, I always find it fascinating that when news like that breaks around an NFL venue, because you sort of get the, the, the palpable buzz that like runs through everything. Yeah, I was on a plane. <laughs> so I landed and turned my phone on and, uh, you know, had all kinds of tweets and texts. Where are you? Can we put you on talk about Gronk, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so yeah, it, it, he sent out the Instagram post probably while I was maybe somewhere above like Colorado or Utah. Maybe if I was guessing. Do you actually, um, do you I actually, totally off on that. I have no idea. Do you, do you, do you actually, Baltimore, to, to, to Phoenix, but. Do you actually turn off your phone on a, on plane on on flights? Well, I mean, what am I? I mean, I could get emails, but I couldn't. You know, nobody's gonna be able to text me. I guess that's true. Yeah. Well, see, you can text with an iPhone on a uh, on Delta flights for free because they'll let you hook up to the wireless and text. So you can. It's sort of annoying because I kind of liked how you could check out for a couple hours on a plane well, and then land. No, I mean, I was still online, so I mean, I had emails and stuff, but it wasn't like I could. Do a radio interview or do a, right, right. you know what I mean? Do a yeah, hit for right, CBS right. HQ. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was flying Southwest and I don't have an iPhone and mm. I definitely was not getting any text until I, until I landed. Um, <laughs> then, you got, then you got blasted. What, what are your, what are yeah. your thoughts on Gronk though in terms of where it leaves the Patriots and, and how they're reacting internally to it? Yeah. Well, A, I'm not surprised. I, you know, did a lot of reporting on all of our Super Bowl week shows leading up to the Super Bowl. You know, Super Bowl Live, Super Bowl Tonight, whatever the heck we were calling the shows on the Super on the <laughs> Sports Network, and reported numerous times that hey, um, the guys in that locker room are thinking of this as let's win last one last one for Gronk because this is it. And the way his body has felt in recent years, and all of the procedures he's been through, and all the recoveries and rehabs, um, that you know he he was ready to shut her down. And he didn't hit any of his, you know, big incentives this year. Moving forward, is it diminishing returns? And the chance to go out on your own terms, um, among the best of all time, but relatively healthy by Gronk standards, um, you know, that, that, that all made a lot of sense. So I, I frankly would have been surprised if, if you know, he, he did get it out for another year and, you know, and try to sneak some more hardware out with the Patriots, knowing that the first two and a half months of last season was an out-and-out struggle for him this year to get on the field, much less stay on it. Um, so where does it leave the Patriots? This is not a surprise for them because they were preparing as if that was going to be his last game and not much out there in free agency to speak of whatsoever. Um, you know, obviously they had some, some interest in Jared Cook and he looks like he's going to the Saints, but they weren't going to break the bank for him. They, they, they Remember when Grant came into the league, you know, they drafted two tight ends pretty yeah. high. I would not be surprised if they did that again this year. You know, what, 12 picks, fits in the first three rounds, a great tight end draft. Um, you know, they think they'll get Josh Gordon back at some point, but let's face it, this isn't going to be a team that beats people, you know, outside the hash marks on the outside with deep ball after deep ball. But if they can reinvent that two tight end offense and still have Edelman in the slot and running the ball like they do, I think what they're really going to miss is frankly blocking in the run game and yeah. what a beast he was the last six weeks when they went with all those counters and all those power plays, and they were going on balance line and basically punching people in the mouth, you know, 35, 40 plays a game. So, um, you know, I, I think they'll be able to – look, can, can they replace Gronk's receiving output from the totality of last year? Yeah, they can. Can they replace everything he means to that team and what he was like in this game and um, 
his ability to still flash at the highest level? P- probably not, but, but this was sort of the perfect time. Um, and uh, I think I, I think he's the greatest tight end of all time. I, I, I do. Start crunching the numbers. And you go back and watch. I mean, this seems to be a 16 career playoff game. 1,100 yards, 10 touchdowns. Um, that's just in the playoff. You know, if you look at his playoff and regular season numbers combined, 91 touchdowns in 130 games. Like, yeah, you know, Gates has 118, but it also took him 100 more games to get there. You know, you look at touchdowns per game. You look at targets per game. You look at you look at career touchdowns per target. One touchdown every 10.2 targets. So Tony Gonzalez is seven, 17 something. You know what I mean? Gates is like 13. Um, average per yards per attempt, 15. I mean, I was a huge Calvin Winslow fan as, as a kid. He was one of my favorite players of all time. You know, but even in that Eric Coriel offense, he was 12.5. Now a different era, but that offense was obviously you know, bombs away. And I mean, a tight end averaging 15 yards per catch in a nine-year career, it's kind of unfathomable. Um, you know, so I, I think and then you add in what you did in the, in the run game, um, and, and, you know, if you look at his seven, the seven seasons, he was relatively healthy. I mean, he, he averaged uh, over 70 catches for just about 1,000 yards and, and, and 10 touchdowns. You know, I mean, Gronk's career, his career, his, his playoff numbers, just obliterate anything any other tight end has ever done. Um, so I think the combination of all that, um, 12 and four in the postseason. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, and look, when you start doing his per 16 game averages, which I know is a little shaky, but you know, if he had stayed healthy for the course of the season, um, he would have averaged 72 catches, 1,094 yards, and 11 touchdowns a season, which is just fun. Yeah. Phenomenal and, for a tight end. And the seven quote unquote healthy. Um, so take out the years he only started, you know, six games with the, uh, I think 13 and 15. Take them out. Those seven quote unquote healthy through the work there where, you know, he wasn't targeting. I think who'd last year and I was getting too much for, you know, a couple of months. Um, and even with those sort of, you know, it was playing out down. It still comes out to tight end production, the likes of which we've never seen. I think Shannon Sharp gets overlooked a little bit in some of these, you know, equations and conversations. But I, I, you know, when we start talking best tight end ever, um, but to me, Gronk is, is a special class. And in the case, too, like, he's not 30, not 30, like, what kind of a raise that that's going to be. Yeah. And like, remember when people were like, there's like a discussion like he might not be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Please get out of here. And he's you're right. He is going to throw a first ballot Hall of Fame party when he eventually gets in. Um, I'm curious. Is there? Uh, do you I mean like? Do you think the Patriots would trade up in the first round to try and get one of the stud tight ends, or they're just going to like? I think at a certain point, yeah. I don't think they'd go too crazy given. Um, I'm sure there's guys they like in other rounds who you know they think will be there, and that they've had pretty good success with this position. In particular, but I, I think if, uh, you know, if my work into the middle, you know, bone, I don't think with all the draft capital they have, I, I wouldn't rule it out. You know, that program in particular, it ties to Belichick and, you know, going all the way back. And, and that's a, you know, that's a, a, a college team that they have great information on Belichick as the head coach there in Iowa. There's a lot of ties there. 
you know, I think at a certain point, it, it probably makes sense for them. Hmm. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus said he wouldn't be shocked if Gronk returns and played a couple of games if the Patriots yeah. were desperate. That's a money play, right? That's like a, hey, we'll take your that's, guaranteed cash if you want to give it to Never me. say never, right. But that's, I, I, no, I look, I, I, Gronk mentally has been sort of preparing for this for a while. And this was a, this was something he, he you know, seriously weighed a year ago. And then to have another three little piece, you know, and to come out with the way, I, I, I think he's counting on the days. I don't see him resetting that clock. I think he knows it's diminishing returns from here on out. And this is a guy who, like, he's all, he's six foot six, two seventy. Like, you know, imagine him six foot six, whatever, two eighty two. You know what I mean? Because he's not really in great shape. And the run, think you're just gonna be able to run him out there. Yeah. You know what I mean? For a playoff run, yeah, people will you know, as much as he got destroyed and blown up in his career because he's so huge and what a big target he is when he was, um, you know, able to run away from people. I don't see there being an incentive to come back, be a human pinata for a couple of games, you know, a million dollars in another rank. I don't think that's how the story is. Yeah, that's that's how you ruin a legacy really quickly, is you come back and, like, shred your knee. Plus, then he would have to spend the offseason staying in shape and instead of just doing whatever Gronk wants to do. And, I mean, he's a football player. He's going to work out. But, I mean, I would imagine that we see a pretty uh, – pretty – Pretty decent stretch of uh, of activity for Gronk this offseason. Well, and, and look, I, I think the double stuff and all that has to be a field in him there. And, you know, I think there'll be some mutual interest. Look, this is pop up in some kind of, uh, you know, weird marketing role with the XFL or something like that. Mm. You know, if he does have some sort of development deal with the fans on the wrestling side. And I, I can see some crossover stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I know he has hosted a show on Nickelodeon. It's like the last week, like <laughs> like sort of blooper show. You know, he can do more of that. He can do. Uh, yeah, I'm sure he'll dabble in Hollywood a bit, cameo here and there. The bottom line is, um, a lot of guys say this, but if this case really is true, he, he's the kind of dude who would want to let spend the money. <laughs> he was perfectly fine with other people buying bottles for him. You know, and he didn't have to be, the, you know, the big man at the table all the time. Uh, and, and, you know, who doesn't want to buy a shot for drunk, right? Right. So <laughs> he, he, you know, lives a bit of a, of a lifestyle, but he's made a lot of money off the field as well. And, and he's always a guy that I was told is, is anything more of a, um, you know, a, a saver than a spendthrift. So I, I think he's going to be all right. Yeah. Apparently he saved all $60 million that he made. Um, yeah, I don't know about that. Right. You know what I mean? I don't know about to that extent, but I, I, I have lost a guy who, you know, is, is, is going to have more money than to do it. Yeah, and maybe what he meant was I don't party on my salary. You know, like like I just use right. – I just party off my endorsement money. Uh, a couple of quick notes right. from the owners' meetings. Um, the onside kick alternative, which is the AAF rule, received only one no vote from the Giants. Uh, are you hearing any buzz about that or uh, replay changes down there in Arizona? Yeah, I just don't know at the end of the day, ownership is behind something like that. I'm intrigued by it. Um, I, I tend to think that we won't see any sort of seismic changes in terms of rules, but um, the league is in a pretty good place right now financially, or the backward place financially. Um, you've got TV contracts coming up in a in a few years. They're quietly trying to start getting the turnover for both teams going with a new 
CBA with the uh, with the with the players' association. Um, you know, I, I I I'd be surprised if, as much as some specific people very much on the competition committee would love to see dedicated replay officials, you know, on-site video replay booths up, beefed up in a booth, um, more 4D cameras all over the place. I'm just not sure that the lead owners are quite there just yet, and and I'd be surprised if there was some sort of seismic shift into how games are officiated coming out of this uh, meeting, even even despite some of the atrocious uh, in the playoffs. Um, interesting. So you think that they might just be sort of like like that whole competition committee? Oh, let's try this for a year. Proposal might be a trial balloon to see what people say, to see what owners react, and then table it. No, get well, to- look, I think on the I think there's sort of something, but when you talk about all 32 owners voting on something, you can you know the the the, the, the the tenor in that room tends to be a little different. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see what they actually, you know, what comes to pass. But I I don't get the sense that the owners are looking to shake things up. I think there's a lot of football people who feel that now it's time to do that and to, you know, sort of uh, capitalize, not word, capitalize, but, but <laughs> galvanize around some of those officiating decisions. But I'm not sure at the end of the day that that's where it goes. Okay. Um, John Gruden says that Derek Carr will be the Raiders quarterback. The, uh, the Raiders coach says GM slash football bro said that at the owners meetings. I know you had mentioned that, um, you know, we, we, you and I both thought that Derek Carr could be traded this offseason. Obviously didn't happen at the combine. Do you think he is legitimately happy with Derek Carr as the quarterback or is he just sort of blowing smoke and he might draft somebody in April? No, I mean, they may draft somebody along the way. They've got a lot of picks, but I think Derek Carr gets an opportunity to play with these boys that they are bringing in. Mm. And then we see, you know, we'll see what that, what that, how that manifests itself. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see them drafting his successor, you know, at the top of the first round or anything like that. Uh, once you get into the latter stage of the first round with all the picks they have, I think depending on the board, the board are possible. Um, more likely that they assess the situation, and then if they want to, if they feel like he's not the answer, then you know they're in position to get Tua or Herbert a year from now. So they can kind of slow play it, test it out here. If he stinks up the joint with Antonio Brown, Terrell Williams, all these guys are putting around him, maybe a tight end in the draft, and all of a sudden you come back, you're like, look, yeah, he ain't the answer at that point. And, and that's sort of that's sort of a win-win for both parties, it almost feels like. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I, I think this is going to be another year of transition for them. It's one where they want to have a more attractive product on the field and start building some steam towards Las Vegas. And clearly they should be uh, a more watchable team on offense, if nothing else. Defensively, I think it's going to take a while to uh, to make some gains. But you start looking at that division. I don't I don't think so right now if they have to today. Um, you know, I think Vic Fangio and Denver could be formidable. Um, <laughs> Chargers still have a good defense, but can those guys stay healthy again? And you know, we'll we'll see. Um, but I, I think the Raiders should be more competitive. And, you know, is Derek Carson doing that in the, the long haul? I'm not sure, but I, I, I think he'll be given every opportunity to do so in 2019. 
All right. Uh, one more, and then we'll get you out of here. The uh, Bears and Packers opening up week one of the 2019 NFL season. Are you surprised that they took the Patriots' chance to uh, to celebrate their championship away from them? Do you think the Patriots care? Uh, do you like this game? What do you think about this? I get it. You know, the 100-year anniversary of the week is going to see a lot of things. Um, that's going to be clear about everybody's coach this year. It's, uh, even if you're talking historical perspective, as much as the Patriots have become an iconic franchise in the last 20 years, let's face it, um, <laughs> You know, going back to the time in the AFL and then the NFL prior to that, they, they weren't. So, you know, we're talking, you know, Curly Lambeau and Pack Pack and talking about, you know, Joey Pallet and Chicago Bears, um, a rivalry game, um, sort of a throwback game, but not to the past, the history of the sport. I, I get it. And you've got young, you know, young, you know, Aaron Rodgers, by no means over the hill, and how to keep up in a new offense with different coaching and um, does Nagy and, and Trubisky take a step up, you know, and, and, and become what some people think they're going to become. Um, it could be a game that at the end of the year we look back on and we had, you know, significant tiebreaker ramifications. So, you know, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind seeing you know, the Patriots and the Browns, you know, host the Browns on, on the first Sunday night of the year or something like that. So, well, actually, I'd rather see it on CBS, but you know, <laughs> so, we know how these things go. Uh, in terms of the Sunday night package. So, yeah, I think there's still ways to celebrate the Patriots after 15 years. But given everything that's going on over there, <laughs> the last 48 hours and the last, uh, you know, what, months or so? 48 uh, days, I, yeah. I, yeah, I think, I think other, other, uh, other things for them to step about. All right. Thanks, man. Jason Lockenfour, as always, you're the best, at Jason Lockenfour on Twitter. Watch him on CBS Sports HQ live from the owners' meetings. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. And tell Pete Prisco, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. You coming for him next? You getting him tomorrow? Yeah. He'll, yeah. Tell him I'll text him as soon as – first thing you can tell him is Brinson's texting you ASAP, and he'll be so annoyed by it. Well, he probably will have no idea because he'll be doing an interview with an NFL website. <laughs> nothing, nothing makes him feel more and more fulfilled than doing that, sharing his opinion with some NFL team website. Yeah, he, it's, it's, it's his reason to exist. If you think if you think there's a guy out there like like looking, he's like, so you guys hiring this team website? Uh, you guys. Guys hiring, looking for an analyst. Uh, he's he's got an angle. He's got an angle in there. You can tell what he's doing. Um, all right, buddy, go ju- go enjoy your uh, evening in Arizona and uh, uh, have fun uh, doing the HQ hits and hanging out at the owners' meetings. Sounds good, buddy. Talk to you soon.